Hey guys, welcome to the Katie May Show. I am Katie May. I hope you are ready to keep it real and talk all things marriage because that is what I do. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey in the pursuit of having an awesome marriage and accepting nothing less for this one and only life we get to have here together. Let's do this. Hi guys. I know you all like aren't at all excited about this. Even a li- like Mark, I was just talking to Mark. It's like I'm a little offended cuz like this is by far some of the most excitement I've had from alive, you guys. Like what is that? <laughs> you have the empowered man show up, I guess. I don't know. It feels so cocky to say that, but it's like it, it's what's well, the same with you when you came on mine, all the guys were like a woman, a woman, like I want to hear a woman's perspective. So as I was telling Katie that actually, I think her episode with me is the most downloaded podcast we've had, I believe. If not, it was definitely a record-breaking week. That I know for sure. So uh, we, I definitely appreciated having you come on. So thank you for letting me join you in your group. Yes, yes thank you. Because like I said, my girls are so excited. So guys, I'm going to let, um, this is Mark Santiago. And funny thing is, is I was, a, I was trying to name my badass wives club, actually doing some market research of some names. And I found him randomly on Facebook and was like, what is there a dude me out here? Like what? <laughs> but you got to tell him the better part. We, we right. live in the same town. And <laughs> no, we not only live in the same town, you you work in the building of my old office yeah five minutes your office is five minutes from my house like ridiculous so somehow we still have not had lunch or coffee i'm not sure why but (laughs) because i don't leave my house mark (laughs) no no except for like working out girls nights that's about my like oh date nights of course and that's that's about it then i'm home and i'm working and i'm with kids Yep. You know that way. So, all right, Mark, tell us about yourself. What is Empowered Man? What are you doing over there? Yeah. So Empowered Man is a, I don't want to say a support group. It's a group of men that are helping each other thrive in every dimension of life. Um, I went through a 17 year marriage that ended up in divorce. And I felt like as I walk through that trial, there are other men that are facing separation and divorce that aren't equipped with the tools. Um, I obviously went through therapy and counseling and learned a lot of the tricks of the trade, but I I also realized that a lot of men don't get therapy. They don't understand it. And they only go as a last resort to keep the wife from staying, keep her from leaving basically. So they're not going because they want to better themselves. They're going from the perspective of how can I save this? How can I keep this from dying? Um, right. And so I started Empowered Man focused predominantly on the marriage and it has ballooned and blossomed to us now focusing on fatherhood and their jobs and like other areas of life because we found that all of it's connected, right? All of it relationally is connected. And so after we get through the sort of marriage part, we then go, okay, who are you as a man? And we start to strip down the old identities and start breaking down limiting beliefs and help them rebuild in what we call our momentum program. So the, the marriage is what I call the hook, but it's really just the thing that says to a guy, I'm finally ready to get help. Even though I've got a shit ton of problems in the rest of my life, I bury them and I don't address them. This is my way of doing that. Right. So I know a lot of women go, gosh, 
it's not just the marriage. It's all these things that you've been struggling with. So that's what we help them with. No, that's, that's amazing. Um, and that's like, we're very much in this. It's interesting because I, most of my clients that I get are at their wits end with their husbands in the sense of they know they need their husband needs help. They want their husband to get help. They can see how his behavior has caused so much heartache and heartbreak between them. Right. Um, but they ultimately don't want a divorce. They just know they don't want the marriage they have. Yeah. Right. And they also don't understand their part to, okay, how do I thrive under these circumstances? So that's a big, that's a big part. I know you and I, it's funny because like you said, I mean, statistically speaking, it's just, it's statistics. Most men don't want to ask for help. Most men don't want to. So to your point, they wait until the very, like, she's gone. She's been telling you for two, three years, like, I got to go, or you have to do something or I'm going to go. And then she goes and they're like, oh shit. Right. Now, it's, yeah, now I got to work on myself. Now I'm going to go to therapy. And, and that pisses the woman off because you're like, oh, this is what it took for me yeah. to do this. Me, you sure. know, or especially if they end up in an affair or something like that. And they're like, oh, now you want to fix this. Right. That's no. frustrating. Yeah. Well, and um, I guess like also like a big a big question that I have out there right now across the board. And this is so in my in my work. <laughs> The biggest, one of the biggest breakthroughs I get in, I do a 12 week one-on-one program right now. And it's usually like, it depends on the woman, but it's usually like three week five where they're like, why am I even doing this? He's not working, right? He's not doing the work. And it's when they, when they say that, I'm like, yes, like she's going to get it. Like, okay. Because you never could impact him. Like, I mean, we can influence each other, right? Like, but you can't control him. You can't make him get the help. So you have to focus in so clearly on where, how you're showing up in your life. And that, that will be the greatest impact you have on your relationship in your life. Yeah. But you have to focus on you. Stop focusing on him. Right. So for you, Mark, it's my, my list and my watchers all want to know is like, how do we get our dude to get help without like walking out the door without going through total realms of desperation of the ultimatums? Right. Or is that really what it takes? Yeah. I mean, it really does depend on the guy. Unfortunately. Um, I have this rule. I say we work with um, humble assholes, not true assholes. (laughs) And that essentially means the idea that, we know that every guy is going to be having some sort of ego issues, narcissistic issues, whatever, but we don't work with true narcissists. We don't work with true assholes because they don't, they don't empathetically get things. Right. And so what we're teaching them is how to understand what the they are feeling and articulate what the they're feeling to their wife. Um, And so if a man can't grasp that concept, it's going to be very hard for a woman to convince him to go to therapy, counseling, et cetera. Um, I was also in a similar boat where I chose divorce. um, So I was the one who chose to walk away. But over the years, there were many instances of my wife saying, you need therapy, you need counseling. And you know what was in the back of my mind? You need therapy. You need therapy and you need need counseling. counseling. What? So, so, 
and no, and but here's the interesting part, right? Is that if you find yourself, and um, a good friend of mine, Missy McIntyre, who's a marriage therapist, talks about this all all the time. But if you find yourself projecting your own shit onto your spouse, you need to look in the mirror and start focusing on you. And so one of the things we teach our guys is to stop hitting the she button. Literally, I created a she button and start hitting the me button. And by doing that, it then creates a vacuum in the relationship where it's, I'm not needy. I'm not clingy anymore to her. I'm just focusing on me. And all of a sudden the wife starts leaning back in. So I, I, I want to say it's sort of the reverse, right? Where when you start going a little bit neutral, man, <laughs> this is when guys start calling me. They're like, she's pulled out. I, she, I don't know what's going on. Not even if she didn't say divorce or separation, Right. But when they start to sense the marriage is breaking down and they start to feel like, like I, there's nothing I can do. And you're having those hard conversations. That's where they start calling me. So one of the pieces I would say, this is like a multi-layered approach, right? One of the pieces I would say is articulate to your husband, what you're actually feeling, honey, for the last six months, a year, three years, whatever, I have been feeling like you don't value me. Or I have been feeling like I am not a priority in your life. Now he's going to get defensive and say, what? I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this. I hear you, but that's not what I feel. As best you can to communicate to him those things, it at least will get in there somewhere usually. But again, it depends on the guy because there are guys who are so hard headed and we have them in our program and they've invested a lot in themselves and they still at the end of the program sometimes just don't get it. Like your wife is not your possession. She is meant to be a partner with you, not for you to own or possess. And so this is what a man feels when a woman pulls away. He's literally feeling like his ego has been shattered. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you as a woman it has nothing to do with, oh, I miss my wife. No, you miss what you had. You miss your status as a husband. You miss your status as a, as a guy with a, with a woman. Like that's what you miss. You don't actually miss the woman. And when I can get a guy to actually go, oh my God, that's exactly right. Now he starts to own and starts to get humbled and starts to realize I took for granted the woman I had. So it's a very like esoteric process. Like it's not an easy process to go through, but I would say for a woman, if she can lead it by example, in terms right. of doing the work herself, and at the same time, having conversations with him about these are the things that you have done to make me feel this way. Mm -hmm. and why our relationship is on the rocks and why I don't know if I can continue. It's not threatening. It's not making ultimatums. I don't believe in ultimatums and I don't believe in threats, mm -hmm. but at least of sharing, this is where you're at. And I did the same thing with my ex-wife before I divorced her, which was these right. things you are doing are causing a lot of hurt. And mm -hmm. I am about to be done if we can't fix this. And eventually it, it didn't get fixed. I want to speak to the audience right now too, because your verbiage ladies pay attention to what he said. It was, it was, he, I loved it because you were soft in the approach of like, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. Yeah. How you say that to him. If you are angry, if you are pissed, if you are emoting right in that moment, like, look, you're not a robot, right? Like this is a shitty conversation to have, but if you haven't taken the time to do your own emotional work before you even have this conversation, it is not, it is going to fall on deaf ears. Nope. So when you, when, when, when Mark was talking about like you, you're coming to him, 
you're, you're speaking your truth, but you're, you're matter of fact about it. Like, this is how I'm feeling. And oh, by the way, what did he say? He said, he's going to get defensive. So we're not responding based off of what he's going to show up like. We're not responding what like he's going to react. We're responding because this is truth and he needs to hear it because it's breaking you guys apart. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to just put that little caveat in there real quick, Mark. So thanks for, thanks for, for saying that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, there's a couple of things that came out of that that reminded me of um, Brene Brown. I love, she's one of my favorite um people in this space and she uses the idea and we actually teach this to our guys this concept of the story i'm telling myself yep and it's one of the simplest things you can say to a person the story i'm telling myself is when you do this i feel this i mean that's like the easiest thing in the world to say and it is disarming for the most part so we teach our guys the concept of setting the narrative when they're dropping boundaries when they're doing things so that the set the narrative is is changed from a defensive posture to a this is an us thing and this is what I'm feeling. This is what you're feeling. And that's okay. Like you can own your emotions. I can own my emotions and we're okay. That's and they're both valid. Exactly. You're and you valid don't have in what to you agree. Feel. Yes. And you don't have to agree. Exactly. And you don't have to fix it. Like, right. I spend a lot of time with my men trying to help them see they don't have to fix you. They just have to hear you. And if there are times, like matter of fact, my fiance, we were just talking about this uh, yesterday. She said, you are one of the, she's like, you're the, obviously she likes me as a communicator, but she said something effective instead of trying to fix me, you will always ask, would you like a solution or do you want me to just hear you? Yeah. And like, you can, That's I believe that you can teach men how to communicate with you. Yeah. I really do. Um, mm -hmm. If my ex-wife, instead of yelling at me and con you know, like telling me, you've got to go do this and you've got to go do that. If she, if I knew that she was doing her personal work, I would have probably been way more likely to do my personal work. And that, and that actually she did not, I ended up seeking out my own therapy because I was stuck. Right. And I'm a fan to a degree of marriage counseling. And I say this, I don't know who's on here as a marriage counselor. I think it has its place, but I think what has more of its place is the individual work, yeah. meaning where the man is doing his thing in a program or a coaching. And then a, a woman is doing her thing in a, co in a coaching or a program. Then you have the skills to come together in marriage therapy. The yeah. reason like 90% of marriage counseling and marriage therapy does not work is because the therapist is only trained on one thing. And that is rehashing situations to teach you how to communicate through shit, basically, which means you constantly are bringing back the past, which is constantly re-traumatizing the couple. So, but if, if the couple is working individually on their own things, it's way easier than to get back together with a therapist to go, okay, let's, let's navigate this. Let's do some jujitsu in a healthy way. Instead of it being like a knockdown drag out, we're literally grappling with each other because we love each other, not no. because we want to hurt each other. Right. Seek to understand, not to win. Yeah. Yes. You can't do that if you're not doing the personal work. No. You just can't. Because no. you're, you come into those sessions and you were fired up. Oh, he did this this week. I mean, that was our marriage counseling session every week. It was like an hour of one situation. And it was like, we weren't solving anything. And if you feel that way, like ladies, if you're listening to this and you feel that way and you're not doing the personal work, like you're not in Katie's program, you're not doing the things you need to take a step back and go, what am I, what, what needs to change? Right. And, and it's, and it's, it's you, yeah. you need to change. He needs to change, but so do you, like you have contributed to the failure of this marriage. 
Go for but it. That's the beauty. Everyone, like so the women are like, and ladies, if you're watching, we have Facebook running. So please comment along. Um, we, we love to interact live as we're talking. So feel free to, to yes, amen, ask questions. No, I disagree. We're good with disagreements too. Give us those. Um, but that's the, that's the thing is it's like, okay, shit. Why do I have to do the work? No, why aren't you doing the work? If you are of a growth mindset and that is only the person I will work with because a growth mindset admits and acknowledges that there is always room for growth and improvement of yourself in this life, right? Growth mindset. So if you are, and you identify with that statement and you hold that to be true for yourself, why are you not doing the work? And when did that stop? Right? Because in my very own personal situation, Um, I came from a place of superiority because I was doing all of the things, right? Like in my mind, I was doing all the things a good wife should do. I was taking care of the kids. I was going to church. I was, and he was the one who didn't do any of the stuff he was supposed to do, or he let me down or he betrayed me. And that this was my narrative. And I had plenty, plenty of therapists who was like, yeah, like, your husband needs to do some work. I'm like, well, where the hell does that leave me? Like, I don't want a divorce. I want to be happy. Like that was so, it just took all of my power from me. Right. And that's the truth of the fact of the matter is, is like, what do you do in those circumstances? But guess what? I wasn't doing the work. I really wasn't. And it did take us coming apart for me to go. I have no control over this which is just an illusion anyways. We never have any control over whether our marriage Are you serious? No, (laughs) we know this, but, but that was the, that was what it took for me to be like, I have never actually sat in a therapist's office on my own to dig into my own crap, to understand how I could live a better life. I had never done that. I've been to plenty of marriage counselors. I drug him to those all day. Right. But I had not actually done that. So thank you. That's a fantastic point. It's a matter of why are you not, if you're not doing your own individual work, focusing on your own God-given purpose in your life right now, why not? Yeah. And I got to say this about therapy too, because I think there's a lot of misconstruing people don't understand the difference between coaching and therapy. Um, And you know, neither of us are therapists, we are coaches. And so we bring that to the table and a guy will think, oh, I'm signing up for therapy. And I, I go, no, this is not therapy. Especially when I first started out, they didn't that know who I was. so much more acceptable in the guy mind, right? Am I wrong what, on that? What, therapy? Or, coaching. Or, like when they hear actually, coaching, is it funny better? Funny enough, it's not. And really? the reason why is because with therapists, you know, you can do, um, you know, uh, HSAs or whatever, you know, like, so oh, like money. money or insurance, but it's their way of checking the box because in their mind, you know, let's just be honest. You can fool a good therapist. Like you can, you can show up to therapy and act like everything is, you know, whatever. And my, and just touch on some things, but a coach will call you on your shit. <laughs> and that is exactly what we do in the empowered man program. And I assume the same in your program. Um, obviously I've never been a client of yours, so I wouldn't know, but that's what coaches do. Coaches call you forward, whereas therapists bring you from the past. 
And, and that is a huge differentiation. So if you're, you're watching this and you're like, well, maybe I should do therapy instead of working case program. I'm here to tell you that while that is a good thing and it is something that not that people do need to do more often than not, what you need to do is jump into Katie's program and start working on the now for the future and all the other stuff in therapy and all those things, you can take care of that. But if you're in the midst of the storm, what generally you need is coaching tools to move you forward instead of staying stuck in the past. And I've seen that countless times, like in our program where guys will be like, man, we have a 30 day challenge. It's a hundred bucks, you know? And so it's for guys that like, just don't have money. And that's like the lowest, cheapest product I can give you. And they'll go through that and they'll go, I went through three years of therapy and didn't get the value I got out of a hundred dollar 30 day program because the way we coach them. Right. And that's a huge distinction that I think the ladies listening to this for you should be able to identify, which is therapy is important. Yeah. The coaching, especially when you're in the midst of a storm is what they need right now. Yeah. Well, I work with women who oftentimes, and if they're financially capable of doing it, they'll do both. Like they'll work through, especially if they have really deep rooted trauma, Yeah. that stuff, like that just builds. So on that, on the therapy versus coaching like area, like I can come in, I can help you. I can get you clarity in your situation. I can help you move forward. But if that trauma is so deep and you've never addressed that, that has to take precedence. So in that particular case, that's where I will say like, you either need to go to trauma therapy first and come back to me. Right. Or, or, or we can, or we can team up. Right. And I, and I have, I have teams like that too. So And then I do have people I can refer them to as well. But to your point, yes, I am like, we're the fast route. You don't have time for the empathetic listening. You don't want to talk through your shit over and over and over again. It's like, okay, let's dig into this. Let's dig it out, kick it the way and let's move forward. Like, how are you contributing to the very cycle that you are not happy with in your marriage? And then what are we going to do about it? Yay, let's do it. And then the accountability, of course, from that point moving forward. But, and guys, I didn't pay him to say any of this. He was just doing it. So thanks, Mark. (laughs) They're all like, he's just pitching Katie. I'm like, no, he's just, yeah. This is how much we believe in what we do. So um, Brittany um, is on here. We've got a few few questions, a um, a few insights here. Brittany would like to know, uh, she says, the communication I get as well, this is how I am. So take it or leave it. This is yeah. the communication and response she gets from her husband. So, I mean, I can, I can coach this the way I would coach my guys. So I'd flip it, yeah. it just basically flip it. it usually works. Um, and, and I basically, you know, would repeat back. This is the setting, the narrative, which is, so what I hear you saying is you don't see any need for change and you're okay with life the way it is just to kind of open the conversation to get him talking. And one of the best questions you can ask a guy is tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, Validate him in his feelings. Okay. Like you have to basically have the, and this is what we do really on our sales calls Mm -hmm. is because we're obviously trying to enroll a guy in our program and it's expensive. It's not a cheap investment. Okay. Time out real quick. Ladies, if you're not writing this down, you need to be writing this down. So notes, notes, notes. Okay. I mean, cause we hear the story from the guys on the, on the man side all the time. And I'm like, okay, tell me, tell me more, tell me more. What you really want to do is get him to open up when a guy is saying, you know, what, what she said here is this is how I basically take, I am take it or leave it. 
Right. Um, what he's really saying is, I don't feel confident that I could change even if I wanted to. So you could even say that back to him. What I hear you saying is you feel inadequate to make any changes and that makes you sad. And all you're looking for. I was like, how did that go? <laughs> exactly. But that's, really? but that's the thing is you have to maintain this. Yeah. Like you cannot be volatile in your communication, right. especially with someone who is, who is being very leaned out like this guy is. Um, is what we yeah. Do. I mean, that's why I literally have this shirt that says I eat alphas for lunch because yeah. <laughs> I don't care who these guys are. I mean, I deal with billionaires. I deal with athletes. I deal with all kinds of people who have serious egos and, um, and, you know, and they'll be like, oh, you don't know my situation. Listen, buddy, I don't care what your situation is. Here's what I care about is you as a man, how you're showing up and what you're doing and how you're contributing to the legacy of this world. You have children. That's what I care about. You have you have a future. That's what I care about. I don't care what your wife has done to you. What I care about is how you are responding, how you're showing up. So back to this to this situation with Brittany, it's really just getting him to open up to either acknowledge or identify, because if he says, yeah, I don't feel adequate to change. Honey, that hurts my heart to hear that. I'm so sorry you feel that way. When you talk to a man like that, generally speaking, yeah. he will lower his defenses uh-huh. and feel like you're not attacking him. Because usually that response that he's giving you is because you're frustrated. You're projecting your frustration onto him. He's then receiving that frustration and projecting back his own inadequacies. And so the two of you are just going tit for tat, tit for tat in this communication shit show, basically, instead of him actually hearing what you were saying, because he's incapable. Uh And here's the reason why I did a whole comms class on this for for the men. So I have a communication masterclass that they can pick up for like 47 bucks. And literally, I talk about this idea how men's brains are wired front to back. Women's brains are wired east and west. And so that means our hemispheres don't connect the way yours are. So that empathetic is not as easy for us. It took me years to get to this point. Now I have probably more of a natural bent towards uh, empathy and emotion, just my personality type, but I can still be a, a clamoring guy. That's like, blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> I call it the grunting. They don't know how to say anything. So they just grunt at you. Those are, ah, and they're just mad because they don't know how to say anything. They don't articulate. It's like a toddler who can't communicate what he wants. You say, use your words. I'm hungry, right? That's what men are like. It's true. It's the human condition, Mark. It's the human condition. We all suck from time to time, no matter what. Like, no matter how much work you do, we all suck from time to time, right? And so thank you for pointing that out. Yes, just because you, and the fact that you have made so many changes because you have done the work that is also possible, right? Like, yes, no, I love that. And the thing I really loved about what you said was what I cued into and ladies and for everyone here who is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to send this to my husband immediately. Don't do that. No, don't do do that. He will not watch it. So, so I know y'all are just sitting here like, oh, I can't wait to send this to him. Just time out real quick. Okay. Um, but when it comes to what you, what you talked about was validating him, this is where it, this is where we have so much power as women that we miss in a very big way is because not only are we coming at him from a defensive frustrated, hurt place, 
right? But we're coming at him in a way of we are right and you are wrong. Yes. I am right in how I feel. You are destroying this marriage. You need to do your own work. You're not doing your work. I am right because I am doing all of these other things and you are not. And that will never go well for either of you. And ladies, here's the other thing to appeal to the helper in you. It's not only not helping you, it's not helping him. Because he won't receive it. He won't hear it. He won't change. And it's not a matter of like, oh, let's just like be disingenuous. It's a matter of speaking the way you should respectfully speak to another human being. And that was a really tough pill for me to swallow. Well, the language of men is respect. Yes. I'll say that again. The language of men is respect. The language of women is love. Yes. It's two different things. And they, they fantastic book, by the way, love and respect. (laughs) Um, They're, they're, they're of the same, but different expressions. You know, yeah. for a man, when a man feels respected, he will listen to you. When he feels disrespected, he feels disempowered. And a disempowered man will express his anger in all kinds of ways. He will sulk. He will pull out. He will go off. He will scream. He will do things because he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, I, there are still times where some of those things happen. And I remember even recently where my um, fiance had gotten upset with me about something. And she's the type that kind of goes quiet. I'm an extrovert. She's an introvert. And she goes quiet and basically doesn't talk to me. My younger self would have been like, oh, yeah. Oh, you want to you want to ignore me? OK. And I'm just going to be like, blah, 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 you know, just like get in your face and stuff. I, so I went for a walk and I was like, oh, I'm just mad. I'm just mad. And I'm like processing, like, why am I mad? Like, what is this? And it's because I've done the work. Right. I, I it like had this amazing epiphany for me, which was I don't feel like it's okay to give her space to be angry with me. And that's a problem. That's an ego problem, Mark. I was like, oh my gosh, like, how dare I not give her space to be upset with me? That was my child ego feeling unsafe when she's upset with me. But then being able to go back and have that conversation where I sat down and said, when you did this, I felt this way and it scared me. Oh, ladies, like that's, that's like the bomb diggity when you can get a man to that place. Now, obviously has like, she's, she's doing her work. I'm doing my work. That's what got me there. But I feel like you can lead a man there. The more you communicate with him in those types of ways, where it's like, you even have your own revelations. Like you were telling me when you and I first met that while your husband was doing these things, it was like, you realize all the things about you. And that work you did on you then is able to translate back. And it's like, honey, I've, I've been a bitch to you, (laughs) or I've been this to you. And I'm sure that's made you feel disempowered. When you say that to a man, I dare you to try it. If you've been a bitch to your husband, or you've been a witch to your husband, or you've been something to him, go back and say, Hey, the other day, when you asked me this thing, and I responded that way, it was so unhealthy and not the way I want to show up. And I want to apologize and own that. Yeah. He'll be like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> it's true. And what's happened though. To, true, to me, it works. <laughs> yeah. And in my relationship, I've taught basically my fiance through my own actions. Mm-hmm. And so like, she said something, she snapped at me the other day, a couple of weeks ago. And it was like, just, you know, kids are running around, things are happening. Right. And it was like a snap type conversation, you know, where they just like snap back and say something kind of rude. And I didn't respond. I didn't take it. I actually wasn't even offended by it. Surprisingly, <laughs> normally I get offended by those things. 
And I, and you know, whatever, I didn't say anything. And when I got home, I'm like eating dinner and she comes up and she's like, Hey, what I did was incorrect. Like I was so not the way I want to show up. And like, like she's literally using like the type of words I use and was saying, this isn't how I want to be. I'm sorry. You know, whatever, like it, it has that effect. Uh, if you lead and you, you learn the stuff, I really believe that it will have an effect on your husband. Um, yes, I appreciate you saying that because the, the big thing here is understanding that marriage is always imperfect. There's two people doing life together. So y'all are going to have some conflict. It's just a matter of how you do conflict. Conflict's actually good. It's what you do. Yeah. There's a mindset flip for you that I am. Thank you. Because conflict leads to great sex. Conflict leads to great sex. I'm serious. Conflict should be, conflict should lead to connection. Exactly. Which leads to great sex. (laughs) Which can lead to great sex. Yes. If you do it right, it absolutely can. It can be an opportunity for connection. That mindset, that belief system, that conflict leads to divorce, leads to unhappiness. Like all of that crap, that's the limiting beliefs Mark and I keep talking about. When you talk about what's really true though, conflict can actually lead you to connection, but it's how you do conflict because it can also destroy trust and respect and make your partner just feel like crap so it has the potential for both yep i do the three c's i always say it like the biggest communication thing when it comes to speaking to your husband if because oftentimes women will come to me and say like no no i totally i have asked first of all most women feel like they shouldn't have to ask (laughs) so i actually would love you to weigh in on this um women feel like they should not have to ask he's grown up we've been together long, whatever the reason is, they feel like you shouldn't have to ask when they do ask, they want him to be happy and responsive, happy and responsive. Um, and then when it comes down to it, when I ask them, okay, how did, how did you ask? Um, because this is somebody I'm working with who's frustrated. They're not getting the response they want. It's because it has an undertone of a criticism, a complaint or a comparison. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I hear a lot of manipulation in that. Yeah. But, and here's the thing with that, Mark, is it's usually with, on a conscious level, the best of intentions, right? Like we don't want to come across mean. We don't want to start conflict. We don't, we don't want to um, sound bitchy or bossy. He thinks we nag him, all of those things. But just to, just to, I said that for my listeners, but now to cue back into what you said, it is manipulative because at the heart of it, you're managing a circumstance. Yep. You're navigating a circumstance to get you the outcome you want. Yeah. Right. So what's your whole perspective on women feeling like they don't have to ask? I mean, I, From, as I a man's perspective. Well, I mean, in just in general, in terms of human communication, yeah. I think it's, it's selfish and, and childish to not, ex, to not think you have to ask something uh, mm-hmm. to just go, well, we've been married. So he, sh-, you know, these expectations we put on each other are bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. Unless it's been communicated, this mm-hmm. is what I expect of you. I expect to have these things. And the guy's like, oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I can do that. Right. Like there's an expectation that you're going to be monogamous. There's an expectation that, you know, like those are, 
those are the things that still need to be communicated about, especially this culture, right? Like there's all kinds of things you have to communicate about your expectations. And if you're not sharing that, you're being selfish and you're not allowing him to uh, open up. And I think a lot of it has to do with pride, right? Like, like we feel prideful. And so therefore, if we open up and be vulnerable, that's scary to us, and especially women who've been hurt by men, authority figures, they don't want to open up to the man. Um, it's no difference from my daughter having to share something with me and hiding it from me. And then coming finally, because of circumstances, having to bring it to my attention and, and feeling that unsafe. And, and I'm, I'm hearing her and because I've done the work, I'm able to hear some things that I didn't want to hear but was able to keep that, you know, whatever, but had she not told me that's vulnerability. Right. And so vulnerability is huge. I think in a relationship, but you don't have vulnerability, then you don't really have much. If you can't be vulnerable and transparent, what are you basing your relationship on? I mean, that's really the the purpose is to be vulnerable with each other, which is intimacy. And that's, that's a huge part of the ask. Yep. Because you're worried in that moment, your fear ultimately is just the fact that he's not going to show up for you. And which again, goes back to using the language of Brene Brown of the story I'm telling myself is if I'm vulnerable with you, you're not a safe place. Yeah. I feel like you may not be a safe place. Do you feel like you could handle my emotions right now? Do you, you know, are you capable, do you feel capable of handling my emotions? Things like that are, are, are perfectly necessary. Now there are times when a man is not a safe place and I do not recommend sharing with him. We do the same thing with our guys. When a woman is having an affair. And you can't go to her and go, babe, I feel these things. Nope, she's gone. She is gone until she cuts off the affair and is working back on the marriage. You cannot, be, she is not a safe place for you. Yeah. Um, and it's the same way on your side. If a man is having an affair or if a man is checked out of the marriage and he's not a safe place, it is not okay for you to go then and do that. And then expect these things from him right. that are unfair because you're just setting yourself up for a failure and you're setting him up for a failure which is part of your own self-sabotage, which comes from your own childhood trauma. (laughs) And so on and so forth. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, um, to, to your point, when it comes down to, I I, thank you for putting that out there too, because ladies, this is, this is a healthy relationship dynamic that we're talking about with communication. If you are in an abusive relationship and you know, if you're in a relationship where somebody is um, an addict too. Um, these, these are all things that don't necessarily apply. I mean, some of them do like, and in a case of like, maybe he's an addict and he needs to get help, right? Like your approach will be very important still. Um, you showing up as you being the best version of yourself is always across the board important. But when we're speaking on the key point of vulnerability, being very much aware that you cannot be aware of vulnerable with somebody who is not actually safe, right? Like that is where we kind of want to put that caveat in. And if you are in an abusive relationship, please reach out to any of us here. Um, We can put you in contact with a good hotline um, and support. But um, I always feel like it's important to throw that caveat out there. Um, To to really to wrap wrap things up here with you, Mark, because I know you got stuff to do, people to see, as well as I have more calls. But um, for the ladies here, um, I had I had one particular question that came in and she said, how do I listen? Like, and I think like we touched on that. We touched on that quite a, a, I think quite a bit, but to really kind of just package it up nicely, like for from a man's perspective, 
what does listening look like to you from like your, you would acknowledge, yes, I am being heard. I am like, she's hearing me. Yeah. So we talk about active and reflective listening um, a lot in our program and we teach our guys these concepts. So when I say the earlier, we talked about this idea of, so what I hear you saying is this, that's using that reflective type of listening Um, and active being that you're kind of intentional. You're in the moment. You're not thinking about what you want to say next. You don't have an agenda. You're just actively participating in the discussion as it's coming to you. And you're not sparring. You're not trying to put your point of view in. You're not trying to put those things in. So if you want to go to the, you know, I think it was Brittany that had that question and you want to have that discussion, that discussion should not be armed with your three bullet points of how you're going to prove them wrong. If you come so with those bullet points, ready for your response. Exactly. Not they're not for your opportunity to share with him all of your sight, your insight. Yeah. Right. And I found even that again, depending upon the level of hurt and trauma that's in this relationship, I found that even if let's say you have that conversation, he starts to open up. This is what he feels this is what he feels. It's still probably not okay for you to then share what you feel. This is where a lot of people make mistakes in communication because they think, oh, well, I listen now. He's got to listen to me. It doesn't work that way. Like we would want it to in an ideal utopian society, we would all get equal amounts of time to share and talk and all those things. But we have to have the emotional intelligence to understand that this person is still probably processing and thinking through and you've now opened up something they haven't really processed. They are not capable, especially men, of now hearing what you're about to say. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. What? Especially men. Especially men. Yeah. yeah. No, because Mark, that is a very man thing. Like women, because the way we are wired, we can yeah. think, feel, and talk all at the same time. Boom. Men cannot. And, and, and I wanted to cue into that because it isn't a matter of right, wrong, better, worse. It's a matter of difference. Yeah. And the more that women understand that, like my, my husband's brain literally does not function that way you can give him a lot more grace in a conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you watch two women communicate, I always tell my guys, go watch Real Housewives of New York or something and watch <laughs> them talk to each other. You know, the one girl's complaining about her husband cheating on her or something like that. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and they're using all these empathetic things and they're like, you know, or, or how they talk shit about each other. You know, it's like they communicate so differently than when a man and a woman communicate. But what's that's part of what makes marriage beautiful is that, when a man and a woman communicate and it's done right, it leads to a manifestation of kids, sex, career. It leads to so many awesome, amazing things that make marriage fulfilling, where it's, it's so much bigger than sex. It's so much bigger than having kids. It is a lifelong conquest, right, of where you together are doing life together. Um, and so it, it's important, I think, to a Brittany or to anybody else that's saying those things and saying, I want to have these conversations, have the conversation, but come at it from that place of humility where you're just going to listen and learn and seek to understand, teach him how to do that. And I can almost guarantee you, the more you do that, the more he's going to eventually start to respond like, hmm, that felt good, Uh right? Because he's thinking in his mind that felt good or that felt bad. That's the way men judge things. That's either good, that's bad. They're judging constantly. I had a good feeling after that conversation. She did not attack me. She did not come back at me. She did not tell me all those things. And now at some point, yes, you do want to share. And yes, you do want to do those things, but he has to be a safe place for you to do that. I get the feeling that Brittany's husband is probably not a safe place based on that question and based on the things he said. So you going back to him and saying, well, let me tell you how I feel. 
And he's gonna be like, sure. Okay. And then you start telling him defense walls, everything is going up. He's not listening to a darn thing you're saying. He's ready to dismiss you. He's got his bullets packed and ready to shoot back at you and tell you why you're wrong or tell you how you, you know, what you feeling isn't, isn't correct. And, oh, I do these things and he's defending himself because that's all he knows how to do at this point. Right. But that's, and that speaks largely to the dynamic that you guys have created together right? Because in our situation and many of the situations I work with, the husband gets all the flack and the woman is not taking any responsibility for the fact that you got there too. Like you were, you chose him, you chose, you chose him, but you also like, you need to take some responsibility for the pain that you have also caused him in this relationship. It is not just, you are not just a sad little victim. You have caused pain to, you have you have trained him to communicate with you in a very ineffective way. And again, it's not a matter of beating yourselves up over this. This is just, you did as well as you knew. And now you know better. So we're going to do better. Right. And we just have to, we have to assess like, okay, where am I at right now? What's the next best step forward? And that's where you and I can come in and really help you with that. Yeah. In our thrive program, about four or five weeks in, we start really hitting that idea of owning your shit. And once a guy goes through, there's like three, four exercises in that main week, like we call it the gauntlet. And when they go through that and they actually do those exercises, they have the absolute biggest breakthroughs ever. It's where they let go of the marriage and the outcome they desire and really focus on their life, but still with the intention intention and desire to have a, a wedding or a marriage, but it's to have a new marriage. To go, let me reestablish new boundaries. Let me reestablish how I'm going to communicate with her. But it's when they do the work on owning their shit is it's like, it was like this happy accident. I didn't know that that was going to be the most impactful thing these guys would go through, but it has been, and it's been incredible because they finally can go, oh my gosh, even though she did these things, it doesn't matter. What matters is, wow, I caused pain. I did this. I did not show up in my healthiest way. I look at it as I don't care who's done affairs. I don't care who's been the worst bitch. I don't care who's been whatever. Like I, if I'm in a marriage, I contribute 50% to the success and 50% to the failure. Well, however you look at statistics, I am half, I am just as much at fault and I'm just as much at cause for the success or failure of the marriage. And that is the own your responsibility. We even have a whole mantra is like, I am responsible for my wins and my losses. I am responsible for what good and what bad happens in my life. And the more responsibility you can take, the more power you have in your life. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the reason why you do what you do. And I do what I do, because when people say, well, doesn't it take two? And it's like, it absolutely takes two. You just can't do shit about their part. You can't change their part, right? Like you can only change yours. And so when you take full ownership of your life, here's the beauty of this is You don't have to wait for him to do that. This is all you. He doesn't have to wait for you to do that. This is all him. And what Mark is talking about, what I'm talking about, how we can get marriage results by just working with a single individual is because your changes absolutely will impact your spouse, regardless of what they're doing, right? They're going to impact their spouse because you are completely capable of stopping that cycle with the work that you do on yourself. And trust me, they come to me and tell me when women are doing their work, they will tell us, they're like, she's in some program. She's going to a therapist. She's like, she's different. It's almost like she's doing the empowered man version of, of, you know, of her own self. It's crazy. 
Um, there's a couple more. Did you want to hit yeah. on some of those? Yeah, uh, I have a one that says, what about when he just shuts down because he doesn't want to upset me? Yeah, that is so typical um, of- uh, Very male response. Very, very male response. Um, he obviously doesn't feel safe around you and it could be you or it could be his mom. Like there, who knows what trauma he's experienced. Um, this is where marriage therapists have this whole thing of like, one partner leaning in, one partner leaning out, the turtle or the, I forgot what they call it. There's like these different things. I've never heard that. Essentially, <laughs> if, if I'm you, what I'm responding to him with is, honey, I want to be a safe place for you. And I'm ready to listen whenever you feel ready to share. There will be no judgment. There will be no response other than I hear you because that's all I want to be for you. And, and being that empathetic for him will at least put in his brain, okay, Maybe there's some chance I can take, but you've got to follow up with that. You've got to follow through with literally being a safe place for him. Cause that says to me, he doesn't feel like you're a safe place. And that's probably on you to some level. Um, and you got to own that. So if you go to him and say, honey, it's been, it's clear to me that I have not been a safe place for you to where you can share your emotions without me judging or getting upset. And that's not fair. And I don't want to be that way. I don't want to show up that way. That's not fair to our, our relationship. So I want to apologize for that. And I want to make an intentional attempt at hearing you without judging you and letting you share without me criticizing you. Criticism is like the bane of a man's existence. He, he does not want to feel belittled or, or criticized because it disempowers him. And every man that feels disempowered has to overcompensate. He has to inflate his balls. He has to inflate himself and make him feel something that he's not feeling in that moment. And that's why he does what he does. Right. It's a defense mechanism. Totally. I think that's autopilot. So, you know, this is, this is why I can get so much success with just working with the women because by look, this is how you want to show up anyway, sis. Like you don't want to be a bitch. Yeah. You don't feel good about yourself in those moments. That's really at the heart of this and you're hurting him and you're hurting yourself. So these changes aren't just for him. These changes are for you. And to Mark's point here, it takes consistent action on your behalf to show him that you are a safe place to Mark's point. Also, when it comes down to my own relationship, like my husband, and I will still get in conversations where he will, um, he'll say, Oh no, you're just doing this. Right. Like he'll refer to like my old behavior. And I'll, and I will, and I validate it in the sense of you're right. That is how I used to be. Like, I'm sorry. You're correct. That is what was with us. That is not what I'm doing right now. I need you to understand that. Right. Like I validate his feeling, but I also let him know, like, no, no, no. Like, don't come from that bad spot. Like we're here. We're healthy. Now we've done a lot of work. Like be, be mindful of that too. Because look, I did cause damage. He does have a reason. He has recovery of his own from me, yeah, just yeah. like I have recovery of him from like from his actions. It goes both ways, and it's a lifelong journey. But change is so possible. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I think that wraps up the questions for us today, Mark. Thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. <laughs> this was great. Yes. I usually get to talk to a group of, of women. And so I enjoy it very much. So stepped into the lioness's den or whatever that is. <laughs> um, the, um, I was going to say, how can now, oh, how are they going to share this with their husbands? <laughs> the 
this is so important. Before so, you guys send your husband the link and say, you need to join his group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, oddly or funny enough, the, the main way men connect with me is through my voice. So I have a podcast. Um, there's 50 something episodes in there. What you could do as a, just as a suggestion is go through the podcast, look for an episode that, that might show an area of your own responsibility, right? Where I talk about something that a woman does like manipulation or something like that. Even, um, even, even our, our podcast, cause all I do is yeah. talk about the women's responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. there's, there's quite a few different ones on, because I'm very big on the man. I talk about the man, but what I would say is like, there's ones on, you know, manipulation or, you know, things like that, where it's not, it's not hitting the man so much. It's hitting, oh, this is what the guy is saying about the woman. Right. So yeah, what, what you could do is essentially go, um, Katie, you know, I'm in this marriage group and she shared this guy, Mark's thing. And he really, uh, uh, made me feel conviction or I felt really like guilty about something. So and own your shit? Is exactly. That what exactly. Okay. All right. Because yeah. I think what that does <laughs> is it gets him to go, Oh, she gets me. Yeah. Right. So especially like the manipulation one where I specifically talk about three ways that your wife's manipulating you and it's, and it's all about having her cake and eat it too. And, and like, it's some of it's a fair based, but you know, and regardless of what you're going through, you probably are manipulating him to some, to some degree. So that might be an easy one to go. I listened to this and this is totally me thought you might enjoy it. You know, let me know your thoughts. And what will happen is he'll, he'll start listening to the rest of the podcast and let him do his thing because those podcasts will indoctrinate him into my way of thinking. And he'll go, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize what an asshole I've been. And so it's kind of a a sneaky way to do it, but that might be a really effective. um, This just came off the bat. Like I was just like, if you're, I just feel like if you're owning your shit and you're not just like, throwing at him and going, Oh, you should listen to this Fix yourself. Exactly. Here's this versus exactly. Hey, this really spoke to me and called me out on a few nope. things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Cassandra, I'm not only on Facebook. I have a podcast. We have a YouTube channel and we have, um, yeah, the YouTube channel has the podcast on it and yeah, I mean, our program is not good. Are you on Instagram? Uh, I do have an Instagram. I don't really use it much anymore. Okay. I had a team that did it for a while and then I stopped doing it. Um, But uh, yeah, eventually we'll pick that back up again. Um, But yeah, definitely on YouTube and podcasts would be the outside of Facebook stuff. Our program is actually not on Facebook. Our program is in workplace. So it's a different, it's more private for guys to share and stuff. So he can get your content, YouTube and podcast and then join your group and no one has to have social media for the most part. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he can join our, our thrive mastermind that is not on Facebook. Um, but if he joined like our free group that that's on Facebook, um, even our 30 day challenge is in workplace. It's not on, it's not in, uh, in Facebook. Yeah. So 30 day challenge is a great area for guys that feel like they've been hurt. So if you're a lady and you're man, like say, for example, you had an affair or you stepped out or you decided you didn't want to be married. Now you're trying to come back to the marriage. 30 day challenge is a great way for an emotional man to get his emotions in check. Like that's why we built it because too many guys were coming to us so emotional. They weren't ready to do the deep work. So we started them on a really like small path of like basics, owning their shit, manipulation, dealing with those things, boundaries, all that stuff. And by the time they're done with that, they're ready to do the deeper work. What does an 
emotional man look like? I have to dive into that one last thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like an actual emotional man? Like yeah, when, when you say they're too emotional, like what does that look like? You want me to read you off the applications I get? You know how, we know, I'm just saying, like, when you think of an emotional woman, right? Like, yeah. you think of tears, like, yelling, like, you think that's, like, emotional, right? We're emoting, but, like, what an emotional man actually looks like when you say that. They're usually, um, they we do get tears, a lot of tears. Um, you know, that doesn't happen occasionally. Like, um, you know, I had a Fortune 500 high-level VP just bawling his eyes out with me and crying is okay, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I'm a believer in it, but like not every guy, you know, so it's like runs the gamut. Um, no, I, yes. I cry all the time. No, crying is a part of the game. Um, crying is actually very healing and, and, yes. and so I love it, but we have that. And then we have the guys that are just like angry yeah. and they're just like, this fucking bitch, she did this and how dare she and blah, blah, whoa, dude, chill out. We are not going to help you. We cannot help you until you calm the fuck down. Um, and then there's the other guys that are more like the wimpy. Um, I, 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 you know, we're, we use this language, but they call themselves a, um, a wimpy little bitch or a pussy ass bitch. Uh, they use that kind of language on themselves um, oh. because they basically have been feeling like that. One of my clients actually, who is a successful school administrator says that in his testimonial video where he's like, I basically was a pussy ass bitch. And you know, and, you know it's coming out of his mouth was hilarious to see. Yeah. But it literally was, it summed up where he was at. Yeah, yeah. He was just so emotional where it was like, I can't believe I'm losing my wife. I'm losing my family. I'm losing this. I'm losing, you know, da, 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 da. she did this. She, they just do this the whole time. Hitting. And that's why we created the she button because we're literally like, stop hitting the she button, start hitting the me button. So ladies, yeah. Katie, you probably should create a he button, I'm gonna do a he button. even though I'm trademarking this, but you know, totally I'll, I'll let you have the he button. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to stop hitting the he button and start hitting the me button is, yeah. is essentially what it is because that's where your power is. Totally. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate that. And then um, ladies, any other questions that you have for him after the fact, uh, feel free to post here. Uh, I let Mark have some access into our group. I hope y'all are okay with that. We have a dude in our group. Oh my gosh. Um, it, it I, I, trust me, I won't be doing any snooping or anything weird. I, I'll I, kick I, him out. I don't have time definitely. for that. <laughs> no, um, but, and then, um, Put your, can you drop your links though, before you are kicked out wow. of my group? No, <laughs> can you drop, can you drop your links um, so they can find you easily and uh, get access to your content? So I'll put the challenge here first. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Challenge, And then let me get you the, the podcast. I want to make sure it's correct. Christina says, this is awesome. I'm telling my husband to listen to your, how to make your wife lust for you. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. That's that good. was a, that was a very popular one. My, my buddy, Keith Yaki, uh, was on for that. And, um, his, he deals with guys that are not quite in this stage of, you know, separation, divorce. So his whole thing is on sex and marriage. That's, I dropped the podcast in there. I see um, that. That's awesome. I'm on, I'm on all the stations. So Spotify, I'm on everywhere. That's just the Apple one. Predominantly most of my listeners are on Apple. So perfect. Yes. Yeah. I listen to you on Spotify too. And ladies, it's good to listen to him for you 
too, to understand your husbands. Even I do though. have quite a few women that listen to my podcast. It was, yeah. I didn't realize that. And they started telling me, I was like, oh, okay. No, <laughs> so. absolutely. I mean, a guy's perspective and the more you understand your man, the less he becomes like, oh, he's just an asshole or, oh, maybe he doesn't know how to connect with you the way you want him to. Oh. That's a better mindset for everyone. Right. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Understanding your guy and listening to your podcast for that is, is definitely good. All right, Mark. Well, thanks again so much for coming on and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Sure. <laughs> All right. Have a great one. Bye. Hey guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I know in such a busy world right now that there are so many things pulling at your time and vying for your attention. So the fact that you're willing to spend it with me is truly an honor. And for those of you who are wondering how you can get involved with me and get more of my content, please feel free to join my free Facebook community at Marriage Empowered. You can also follow me at Instagram at Marriage Empowered. And if you'd like to book your free consultation call, you'd like more information on how I might be able to help you in your life or marriage, and you'd like to know more about that information, feel free to book your first free consultation call with me by going to my Facebook business page at Katie May Coaching LLC. And of course, you can always hit me up on the DMs. Thanks again so much for tuning in, you guys. And all of this information is also located in the show notes. Have a fantastic rest of your day and I hope to see you back here soon.